Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're glad to be back with you. With you this Tuesday afternoon, we actually have a double header today. Uh, the Braves are playing the Yankees first. Now, actually, we're going to be talking about uh, social media and the industrial manufacturers and how to use social media in the first hour of our show. And in the second hour of the show, we're going to be talking about the XM Bank reauthorization that seems to be twisting in the wind in Washington. So. Stay tuned for the full two hours, um, but before we jump into the first hour, I want to check in with my co-host, Lou Weiss, who is uh, ter- in a terrible location. As you know, uh, historically, Lou has been out in the road and uh, comes into us uh, from wherever he may be. He was in Brazil at one point. He's been uh, several other places. Today, unfortunately, he's stuck in Cape Cod. Lou, how are you doing? I, I, I am really troubled by the fact that I have to be here on Cape Cod. It's a beautiful, sunny, 75-degree, balmy day tonight. It'll be in the 60s, uh, but I do it all for the show. So uh, <laughs> thank you for asking. We have uh, two guests with us today who are going to talk about social media. We have uh, Derek Edmund. He's the managing partner and director of SEO and social media strategies for uh is it KO Marketing Associates or Co Marketing Associates, Derek? Uh, Co Marketing, actually. Thank you for asking for the clarification there, for certain. Okay, it's, it's and that's spelled with a K uh, for Co Marketing Associates. And uh, before the show's over, we'll give you uh, that company's website. And we also have uh, Danny Mycheck on here, managing director of VistaTech. Danny's shop is a manufacturer. They're a plastic injection mold company, and he is actually going to share with us how they use uh, social media. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Derek, I want to go to you first and really ask the question that even Lou and I pondered for all metals and forge groups. What social media channels should people be using before we get into how? (laughs) Sure, sure. Well, well, thank you for having me on the show. And, and Lou, uh, we're right near you in the in the greater Boston area, so uh, know Cape Cod pretty well. Um, I'm uh, you know, looking across the bay at you now. Very good, very good. Uh, I certainly wish I was on Cape. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a nice weekend, I think. Um, so, you know, obviously there's the major networks: um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and, and really, you know, when it comes to small to medium-sized manufacturers, we would we would tend to go there first. But but you also don't want to ignore um, the media-centric networks. You know, think about things like you know from presentation side, SlideShare, um, from the video side, you know what YouTube has to offer, and and to an extent, you know, you know Instagram from a graphics perspective and image perspective, and and then some of the stuff that Twitter and Instagram are doing with video. Those are all pretty critical as well. Now, you mentioned SlideShare. Uh, did I hear yeah. that correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. Not one I'm not familiar with, so that'll be interesting. Um, SlideShare.net. Okay. Great. Great. 
Now, Derek, uh, let's talk a little bit about, because I know it's different on every one. You know, Twitter is, or at least it used to be, a 144 or 140-character messaging system. They've now expanded into allowing pictures, video. They've taken the limits off. Uh, You've got Google Plus. You've got Facebook. Why don't you walk us through a couple of these and share with our listeners what they can put up. And then I want to talk to Danny because, Danny's got some of these things already put up. Uh, we're going to steer people to his website to have, it, have them take a look at how they're using them. So what do they put up there? Sure, sure. So, you know, Twitter, um, I'll start there. Um, that's okay. one of the networks that, that we're most active in um, and that we uh, we work uh, fairly extensively with our clients in. Um, you, uh, you already mentioned the character limits in terms of the, the text that you can use. Um, but you certainly can integrate graphics, video, um, other media files. Twitter just just announced they're launching product pages and collections. So, if you have any sort of an e-commerce element to your site, that's something that that organizations certainly want to at least investigate um, as they have time. Um, you know, we use Twitter um, for content distribution, um, for brand development, and and I think um, kind of one of the the subtle values there is is being able to connect um, with other um, publishers and site owners um, and really establishing a professional network uh, through that platform. You know, okay. uh, Facebook, I, I have a question. Yeah. I, I have a question. I'd like to actually take it back to what I would think is actually the beginning. And sure. that is uh, why should industrial manufacturers today be using social media? Uh, number one. And number two, uh, many of these companies are small to medium-sized companies. They have no one in-house who has the talent to do that. So the question additionally is, how are they supposed to do it? And uh, what kind of cost factor are they looking at? And what could they possibly expect as an ROI and how to measure the ROI? There's a one-hour answer to the question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, we could we could certainly spend uh, a fair portion of the time this afternoon delving into into some of those things. <laughs> um, but you, you know, the reason really any organization wants to get involved or, or explore what they can do in social media is because they're you know, they're looking at new ways um, or evolving ways to communicate um, directly to their customers and indirectly through their customers by way of enhancing their broader online visibility. So, you know, you can look at social media as my simple streamlined communication right to my audience, whatever that buying market is, or I can look at it as a tool that allows me to generate more visibility for my brand, for my website, and for the other information that I have online. That's really what it comes down to, and and we know that more and more people, um, especially as you know, the latest generations, um, you know, are immersed online. You know, that is the way they want to consume content and information, um, be it the desktop or mobile device. One of the other things that I noticed from our social uh, media program, and, I, and I'm presuming that this is actually one of the benefits. And that is that once you make a relationship, whether it's on uh, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or uh, any of the others, that they almost become part of family. They become part of you. 
you're not as uh, distant of an individual to your company because you're now part of this group, this smaller select, hand-selected group of people that somehow find a reason to connect with you. Um, and, and I don't know if that's uh, universal or if uh, that's just a sense that I'm getting. Well, I, I definitely would like to think of it that way for certain. Um, the good thing about social media and the different platforms is is each one really has their dip, differing or varying levels of closeness, I would say. You know, Twitter can be very um, impersonal. You don't really, you know, while, you know, it's great, you know, we're conversing online through Twitter profiles, you know, for the past 48 hours, and, and that's one way to establish relationships, um, whereas, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook have, have much more of that personal approach, you know, e- either through the direct personal connections in Facebook um, or kind of more of the, um, you know, one-to-one conversations that can happen either directly or through groups and other various instances in the LinkedIn platform. Mm-hmm. Danny, I, w- I want to go to you for just a minute, uh, and I'd like you to share with our listeners some of the things that you're doing with Vistatech. And if our listeners want to go to uh, Danny's website, it's V-I-S-T-A-T-E-K dot com, dot com. Now, at the bottom of your page, and this is very common, uh, where these things tend to appear, you've got the little icon for LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, follow at Vistatech USA for Twitter, YouTube, Google+, and uh, I think Instagram. Why don't you walk us through a couple of those, Danny, and, and tell us, because this is what everybody wants to know. How's it going to make me money? How's it working right. for you? You know, it's it's hard because at the end of the day, you always want to strive for a profit. And it's, it's really the way we look at it. It's difficult to drive a profit without awareness. And so really what we, we view social media and manufacturing is another inbox. And if you look at your daily life, how many inboxes do you have as a person? So you have your, your home phone number, your cell phone number, your work phone number, your mailbox at home, at the office, your inbox, your Gmail inbox, your Yahoo inbox, your LinkedIn uh, box, your Google+, Plus, your Twitter inbox. You start getting 12 to 18 inboxes very fast. And so your goal is to continue to stay in those inboxes. So you have to make sure you remain relevant and make sure you have timely information. And so we have these, um, really, we, we look at social media not only to drive business but to drive awareness, but also we're, we're, we're looking at the investment on our workforce. In manufacturing, there is a workforce gap, and, and we're, it takes us between one to six months to fill some very key roles because we've had two generations of people not really promoting manufacturing. So social media has been a good way to connect with the younger generation because they are on Instagram and, and Vine and looking at videos. But there's very few videos on manufacturing or how things are made. And so we, we've taken the approach – um, people need need work. They come out of school, a two-year trade school, high school, or four-year with a four-year degree, and they don't really have access to a, a well-paying job at a school if you if you have a business major. And so we're trying to take the trade schools and relate to them. And when they come visit our facility or see us on Facebook or interesting posts regarding manufacturing, it makes them want to come work here. So how do we drive people to work here compared to a competitor? So we try to look and act and be younger to to try to fill the workforce gap for us. 
That's interesting. Let me ask you, me ask you this, and uh, this is a sort of an open question. Uh, you just mentioned about ten different platforms. I know the one platform that I primarily use is uh, email, like most people, uh, and I'm getting about 400 emails a day. Um, if I start factoring in all the other platforms, whether I would use all of them or just two or three more, my my, traf- my communication traffic has increased significantly. Um, it, it's almost I, I actually I dread going back to the office because I'm going to wind up having uh, uh, you know, four times so 2,800 emails facing me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I have my my uh, computer with me just to go through my emails. So my question is: Is there a point at which the the there's either going to be a new technology? that uh, will combine all who will become the 800-pound uh, Google gorilla of social media, um, or is it going to die on the vine because people are just overloaded with information? I know that's another long question, but... Yeah, this is back. Yeah, this is Danny. I mean, my opinion on it is I, I relate social media with today's inventors. Today's inventors are really trying to fill more of a niche, custom, or a unique platform. Um, it's not one size fits all. Uh, Facebook was right. so trendy with the young generation, but now they're now that all their parents are on it, they don't want to be on Facebook anymore. Cause that, that's where mom and dad are hanging out to end to plan their to plan graduation parties <laughs> or plan the wine sampling. So the kids went to Instagram and to Vine because that that's a little more a little more edgy, or Snapchat. And so to drive to drive business through ch- Snapchat might be difficult from business to business. And typically, manufacturing companies are business to business. We have um, started a new company within our company called Self Eco, which is business to consumer, which is definitely more more heavily weighted on on uh, social media. Social media, what it does, it allows people to weigh in and share things that they feel are relevant. And that's why I, I, I think there's, the social media will, will never go away because it's a way of a checks and balance. You look at, instead of taking a taxi cab driver, you, 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 you upload the, the Uber app. Well, the nice thing with Uber, when you take a taxi, they rate you as you rate them. So if, you, if you're a bad Uber driver... Your passengers give you a bad rating, but if you're a bad passenger, that driver can give you a bad rating. It holds you accountable, whether you're the driver or the passenger. That's an interesting approaches to uh, some unique issues and problems. Uh, I do want to go back just to one point of my long, drawn-out question, was how is the small, medium size, or even the larger companies who have – no resources to do this from in-house uh, or they have to go hire uh, the boss's granddaughter to do this. Um, how, are they, how are they to do this and what kind of expense are we talking about? Uh, I have two, three people myself and we're not a large company and to do it totally in-house is not an inexpensive uh, process. You know, to do it right. so this is Derek. Yeah, yeah. So this is Derek speaking. Um, just just quickly addressing that one point about the information overload, I don't, I don't think we're going to get away from that, and, and it really comes down to how do you differentiate yourself, and email's not going away either, so how in that stream of information you're getting, how can I my message stand out 
and that's one way social media can help as well. Um, right. When it comes to, to actually managing that execution, um, there's resources online, you know, low cost and, and in some instances even free that can help with that to help scale what you're doing. Um, you know, when it comes to to updates, you know, we, we use, for instance, an application called Hootsuite, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E, yep. um, that, that allows you to schedule the information you might want to publish. And you can schedule it through well, – I mean, we use it for Twitter and Facebook, but you can certainly use it for LinkedIn as well and, and other applications. So that's that's something to consider. Um, it makes it seem like you're online a little bit more so than than you might literally be. Um, and, it's also, virtually, and it's virtually low cost. Correct, correct. I mean, you know, a small monthly fee really. Um, yeah. yeah. I like to – when we talk to an organization and they're just starting out with it, the key there's two keys. One, make a small investment and start with time, but make a consistent, timely investment. So, you know, maybe we're talking about 15 minutes a day or or even less. Um, but just make sure that there's some consistency. One of the things that we'll see that happens is an organization starts working on this and they blast out a dozen updates. Let's say within like a couple days, and then they're silent for a few weeks. Then they come mm-hmm. back out and they're doing the same thing. And, and you really want to establish a a pattern, a pattern of communication, kind of like email marketing or even content marketing, where you're 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 providing a consistent stream of information, and and the readership that you'll eventually attain gets used to it uh, and expects it after a certain period of time. Now the information the information that you're talking about could be either about products or talk about uh events that the companies are at, maybe a conference or uh, a webinar or something of that nature. Sure, sure. Or industry ha- industry trends, what's going on, what's what are important things that are happening um organizationally and and within the industry. I, I don't think, you know, people get stuck thinking that like they should just advertise what they're you know, what's going on in their organization and social mm-hmm. media is much more about the conversation that's happening. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Derek. I, I, I'm a big fan of not being a company buglehorn. If the only if the only thing I'm ever gonna speak about on social media is about Vista Tech or Danny Mishik, people are gonna they're gonna get pretty tired of that. But if you share relevant content regarding the industry, trends um, those are what people say. Hey, you know, every time Danny talks, every time Derek talks, it's something relevant, and then they will keep you in in all their inboxes. Right, right. Interesting. That's a good uh, point Danny, for our I, listeners. I, just, uh, I want to go to Danny for just a second here because I'm on your Facebook page, and I see a number of pictures, and I'm guessing. Correct me if I'm wrong. That. You had a MFG day, which is Manufacturing Day, event at your uh, company this past year. Is that right? Uh, we did. You know, we do uh, several things. We really try to promote youth and manufacturing, and so we have a, we host a lot of uh, schools uh, from elementary schools to high schools, trade schools to come in and see what our environments are. I had the opportunity to to lobby in D.C. with the American Mobility Association, the AMBA, and the senators and congresspeople continue to talk, to call our facility a factory. 
And the, the perception of what manufacturing is today is so outdated. It needs to, we need to get people in the front door and see that, you know, there's air conditioning, there's LED lights, there's there's a foosball table in the lunchroom. This is a cool <laughs> place to work. And uh, that, that can only be stressed until people, that can't be stressed until people come in to see the facility or see imagery on social media. And I, I think I pick up from the pictures I'm looking at that some of the uh, cups they're drinking out of or uh, plates they're eating off of were actually manufactured at Vistatech. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Those are a plant-based plastic that is, are, are biocompostable. So it's, uh, it avoids all your events and parties can be zero landfill, and uh, they can be used as compost to help grow the uh, ne- next year's crop. Oh, isn't that interesting? That's a great piece of information. Well, that's another—that's uh, another hour-long show. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> and we may circle back to that one uh, because there is a, a, as you know, a big push towards green manufacturing. And uh, yeah. we'll we'll keep you in mind for that show because that one's coming up. No, that, that sounds great. One of the things I like to touch base on regarding manufacturers, even accepting social media, if you just look at the stereotypes of a manufacturer, typically they're going to be uh, a white male in their 50s, 60s, or 70s, and the hobbies of hunting, fishing, and golfing uh, with with uh, really the the my father used to call them Cadillac and Bass Boat Rich. Their, their success is more of a lifestyle <laughs> success. And, and here we you try to care, care about the families. And so social media is like, well, I don't know much about it, so therefore it's the unknown, and that scares people. So the, the, the key is to get the owners out of the decision-making process. Somehow you have to get the next generation to say, this is relevant and it's, it's painless because the owners in manufacturing have a hard time of letting go. I'm a third-generation manufacturer. My, both my grandparents and my parents were in manufacturing. So I know this firsthand that it's hard to get the owners to let go. But when you see how easy when this next generation comes in to do it, we brought somebody on to help us get us online, and she did a mass email for us. And right. we think, well, mass email, no big deal. We do this all the time. She decided to do it with two different headings as a early intro to the first 200 people, and then which ones got the better opening, the click open rate, then that was the title that she went to send to the other 2,300 people. So even though you think you know how to do some, some of these, these things, there is so much more behind the scenes of data and data gathering to know what titles are are getting people excited to open up your link. And is it based on Manufacturing Day 2015 or Compulsive Products 2015? You can send those out to two different groups of people, and if you have 15% open rate or 23% open rate, you can now pick that that title and send that to the rest of your media. But these are things that we didn't know that was even available, and this is common, this is standard practice to somebody who knows what they're doing. Sure. Well, Great. being that Great. I've been in the industry for 54 years and went to school for marketing, in that day, 50 years ago or 60 years ago, they used to call it A-B testing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they still do, though, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming back around. It's fashionable. Yeah, well, Derek, yeah. a couple of things. Uh, is there a basic roadmap 
for doing this? You know, start here, step one, step two, step three. Well, I mean, I think there is, um, and the the first part is is defining your objectives. You know, one thing that Danny's mentioned that I think is is awesome and worth talking about is is that you know he, Vista Tech is looking beyond just direct lead generation. You know, we're talking about in you know potentially employee engagement, um, recruiting, brand development. You know, set in mind, here's what I'm trying to accomplish by investing time in this, and it goes beyond that lead generation effort. So that's that's the first piece. And then putting together a few guidelines in terms of kind of, you know, how you're going to accomplish that um, by way of scheduling um, and commitment and start small, like I said, especially if you're new at this, um, because you can either A, you can certainly immerse yourself and then get stuck, right? Um, and then, you know, to the best of your capability, look at ways to measure performance uh, on a regular basis. Things aren't going to happen. It's unlikely they're going to happen in the first week or so, right, or even the first couple months. Um, it takes time to build relationships, just like in real life. So, you know, you're going to have to put in consistent effort. Um, I think that's really it. Are, are there companies that uh, are out there to provide the service, uh, you know, a full full step-by-step service for the benefit of a client? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's certainly, you know, both, um, yeah, obviously, I mean, you know, we're biased because we're an agency and we provide this consultative service for people, um, oh. but, you know, as well as the management. But beyond that, there's resources online, um, social media examiner, um, marketing land, marketing profs, um, and then even regional and in industry-specific stuff, uh, in this case, um, the Material Handling Institute, um, you know, a lot of these organizations in the manufacturing space and industrial space will also provide um, free information, um, as you are right now about this. So you, know, you can kind of blend the various mechanisms for, for really learning and, and getting some support. I, I do think an agency is a good way of starting for most people. It, it's not; it may not be the cheapest upfront, but what it does is allows you to see what's available, and then you can kind of pick what's a good fit for your your database, your customers, your 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 vision. Um, that also will allow you to get at least start a marketing calendar. I think that's one of the most basic ways of starting, but nobody does it, is saying uh, by these dates, here's what's going to happen. The other thing too is. When you do bring somebody on in-house, I think it's good to continue to embrace and support them for further education with these one-day seminars, webinars, because we, we're we into it right now where we think as manufacturers that we're trying to be relevant, and we are so far behind the industry, other industries in manufacturing, and we are not cutting edge on what we're doing. We're, we're, we're really trying to be relevant, and so I can't come on and say I'm an expert in social media and manufacturing. I can be an expert in manufacturing, but I'm still learning social media. I think we have a very good website, but right now it does not be it's not picked up by Google because it's not mobile-friendly. And what, the reason it's good to stay up to speed with these things by working with agencies, bringing people on, and c- continue to get them up for training 
is the rules always change. The formulas always change. Years ago, it was how many times you used a word to make it search, to have it search up in a search engine. Well, now it's different chemistries and formulations of words and paragraphs. I mean, most people don't know the second largest search engine behind Google is YouTube. So if you don't have a single video about your company on YouTube, you're, you're no longer being searched on the second largest search engine in the world. And so these are things that are overwhelming when you're a new manufacturer um, that, that some comes in and says, oh, we need to do four videos, we need to do this, and all of a sudden you get a bill for ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, and you're thinking it's a bad value, but you have to start somewhere. And, and it doesn't start at $20,000. Facebook is free. Twitter is free. But I would definitely invest in good photographs and and a good a good story writer. Uh, today's today's people um, look at what crowdfunding is doing to people. Um, people are giving money away, not only on the product but on the story. And so you really have to make sure you tell your story because people want to work with you if they like your story. Well, you make a very interesting point. Uh, I'm going to just jump in here a second, Derek. I'll roll back yeah. to you. But you make a very interesting point, Danny, about videos. I'm on your Google Plus presentation from your link from your homepage, and there I see 12 videos that you've put together all on one page, so I can go to any one of them on your Google Plus presentation. That's pretty cool. Uh, Derek, you were going to comment? I was just going to thank Danny for the vote of support there for uh, the agency side of the business, for sure, <laughs> because um, it, it is good to have that extra hand, and, and we're in it you know, 24-7, really. I mean, I guess we all are at a personal level, or, or most of us are, but um, but yeah, it is good to have that additional support um, at some level. We're going to take, take a quick a break. Uh, commercial break here, and we will be back uh, with both uh, these gentlemen as we talk about uh, social media and uh, how to use it for manufacturers and the uh, manufacturing industrial space. We'll be back in just a few moments with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment, components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials? 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. 
All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001 AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are here with Derek Edmund, who's managing partner and director of SEO and social media strategies for Co-Marketing Associates. By the way, his website is komarketingassociates.com if you would like to go there and learn a little bit more about what they do and how they can help you with uh, the social media space. We're also here with Danny Mishak. Danny is Managing Director of Vistatech, which is an injection mold manufacturer, and we just learned that uh, many of their products are very green products. So we're going to have Danny on a on future show when we talk about green manufacturing. And uh, the second half of the uh, show today, we have another hour. We're going to be talking about the XM Bank and its reauthorization, which is twisting in the wind in Washington. And find out what's happening there. This is to help uh, small and mid-sized manufacturers export their goods overseas. Lots of interesting uh, services that XM provides, but uh, that may uh, go away, uh, and we'll find out what's happening with that as we talk in the second half of the hour. Um, Derek, let me go back to you for just a moment. Is there Are there any new uh, networks, uh, social media platforms that are out there that, people haven't heard of aren't regularly using? Um, you know, I think that for the most, for, for businesses, Instagram, even though, you know, the young younger audiences are on it, Facebook users are on it, I still think that Instagram is something that's evolving um, at, for business applications. Um, people just aren't thinking about it as much. Um, I alluded to SlideShare, which is, you know, a place to – Archive presentations and documents and other material of that nature. Um, that's a that's a good opportunity, and they have a, certainly a lead generation component to it as well. Um, but really, I mean, some of these mainstream networks, you know, the way LinkedIn is evolving their service offerings, what Twitter's doing to evolve their service offerings, I mean, it's almost becoming, in some ways, a full time job just to keep up with with some of the innovation that's happening there. Clearly, that's true, Danny. How do you handle all this in your shop? Well, a couple of things, like from the sales and marketing side, I couldn't be any any more of a proponent of LinkedIn. Um, you know, the the day where where people were where they where people start and retire with the same company is obviously gone. Uh, people move positions and jobs every two to five years now, if not more. And LinkedIn is a great way of finding out where people ended up because it's usually their personal email and uh and wherever they go it, it usually follows with them so it's kind of nice when you have a really good contact at your best customer and they get recruited to go somewhere else you basically know where they go in real time and so i think that's a good one from the sales and marketing side just of managing your database um i i look at Visually, I'm a visual person, so Instagram and those things are really catchy and nice. But like for me, I talk about a mobile-friendly site. My my customers are are degreed engineers or, or designers and drafters working on Pro E and SolidWorks and Katia, 
and they're not on their phone looking for VistaTech. They're on their 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 uh, their their uh, the computer at the office on a big monitor or two monitors. And so it's a different deal for what what attracts somebody who who gets in early and has a Mountain Dew before seven o'clock in the morning and have with his earbuds on designing you know product. It's a different different deal than than what somebody's trying to sell to a consumer. And so it's very tough to make sure what whenever you have something it is relevant. But again, um, when I had a chance to lobby in D.C. And talk about the workforce gap and creating jobs for manufacturing, I learned that those that speak the most make the rules. And social media really helps you be able to speak the most. And so you, you kind of get a chance to conquer by volume, and you really have to be everywhere um, if you want to ma- make sure that you're a, a true player. Derek, how about uh, manufacturers? You know, you've got all these social media platforms out there. How do you find your target audience in that haystack of social media and social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, yeah, this, this, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, as you say, it can, it can be challenging for sure. Um, I, I think that the first step is, you know, we talked a little bit about email, and, and surprisingly enough, that can be one of the first places is, is through your newsletter, through your brand, um, making sure that your social media presence is visible as, as much as possible to organically grow that network. Um, there are applications out there that can help with this um, in terms of finding the potential audience that you want to receive. Um, you know, the, the key, though, really is producing. I know this sounds sort of like very high level, but producing good material and staying, you know, keeping up to date um, and keeping your communication um, as effective as possible so that you're organically growing that audience. Um, uh, but there are applications Um you know, the Moz tool set, M-O-Z tool set, has a, an application for Twitter specifically that allows you to, to look at um, competitor networks, for example, and understand kind of what profiles they follow and follow them back. That's one thing to consider. Um, there's also other competitive tools like uh, SEM Rush, for example, that we use um, that help uh, identify networks too. Um, and that's a way to sort of piggyback on what people that are already in, in the space are do, using um, so that you can find that audience that hopefully is relevant to your organization as well. Danny, I cut you off, so. Well, I was just saying, you know, it, it's difficult because how do you pair up the social media just to manufacturing, but then within manufacturing from the buyers to the engineers, um, it's different from, from that standpoint too. Trade shows – I, I go hot and cold on trade shows because it's hard to see your return on your investment, but it does get you some some relevant leads. And so one of the things is you want to continue to get new leads and then market the new leads. And I, I don't think we can be beyond snail mail on some of these. I think you need to give them a flavor of marketing. It might be a postcard, it might be a mass email, it might be a, an invite on LinkedIn. I think you have to make sure, you know, maybe you have a, a small group uh, that caters to low-volume production or something along those lines uh, on LinkedIn. Um, we did a mass email to our, our database, and we have anywhere from three to 6,000 people that we would email on something that we feel is relevant, whether we cater to defense or manufacturing or consumer electronics or to everybody. 
but we might have something that's really we think relevant for manufacturing and there's a picture my our goal is always do things in threes so the math email would have three different topics that way you're kind of trying to find a flavor for everybody so one might be relevant on manufacturing our te inside technology but then we did a, a little a little blurb on scholarships that we gave to the high school, local high school in Stillwater to promote youth manufacturing. And we also did a little piece with iWarriors that we, we bought everybody in our company a T-shirt for iWarriors. Um, it's an organization that promotes iPads to wounded veterans that come back from war. And it's amazing what type of hit ratio you, we got on those two items outside of what was relevant in manufacturing. And so one of the things when you market to your current customers is let them know that and to, to, to completely confirm that they're using a good source, a good-hearted vendor, somebody who's in touch with today's social standards. And we, we can track this, and, and Derek's going to be much more expert on this, but we can track who opens up the email, what pages that they that they clicked on, what the bounce back rate was, but but to see the success of people that wanted to know about the I Warriors or about the the scholarships to the high school, that showed our audience was a pretty compassionate audience, and you have to make sure you drive that within manufacturing. Well, Danny, you bring up a very interesting point, and in, in that VistaTech is talking about its corporate responsibility. Uh, which is uh, kind of a growing area, uh, another area where we're going to do a show in the in the future, what corporations are doing to be socially responsible uh, community partners. And it sounds like you folks are very active in that arena. Yeah, we, we, we try to be. And, you know, it's uh... – it's it's a it's a fine line because nobody's perfect, and we actually we change our model in our company um, from exceeding customers' expectations. Because we said, hey, if you exceed the customers' expectations, you'll they'll be happy. But we felt some of our customers didn't have high high enough expectations of what we could be doing. So we we came up with a very lofty model, and we're falling short of it because it's a lofty model. But we want to redefine manufacturing. When you say redefining manufacturing. That's a lot to lots a lot to chew on, uh, for how you sell, how you promote, how you manufacture, how you ship, how you invoice. We want to take that, and we don't want today's best practice. We want tomorrow's best practice, and involved with that is social media, as with high-end technology, customer relations. I mean, it's a lofty goal. Like I said, we're falling short, but at least it's the right intentions to go there. Because nobody can be perfect, but you want to strive for excellence. I see Luke uh, furiously taking notes, and I am as well. And uh, uh, Derek, I suspect you're you're making notes, and Danny's making notes as uh, as we go through this. Derek. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that I hope that our listeners are taking heed to the fact that the way it was 40, 50 years ago is not the way it's going to continue, yeah. and that the uh, the pre-retirement gray hairs better catch on that this is the way business is going. And if you don't buy in and jump on, you'll be dumped off. And uh, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I would this, – yeah, yeah, this is Danny again. Yeah. I, yep. I would love to get yep. Derek's take on um, the type of people that he's hiring and, and the, the workforce pool that he's seeing because I have uh, my, own, my own take on introducing the next generation of marketers to the existing generation of manufacturers. 
Sure, sure. So I, I can I can talk a little bit about that. I was just going to say that, I mean, I think the key here that um, is, is to have social media as an extension of your broader marketing strategy and, and what you're trying to accomplish. So the platforms are going to come and go. Um, it's it's kind of what you want to accomplish with the broader marketing strategy and how social media can be leveraged for that. Um, you know, in terms of the people that we bring on board, I mean, you know, we're looking for people that are. It's tough because you're looking for people that one um, certainly are are good communicators, um, but also you know pay attention to details because you know these are these applications. You know, there's a lot of data that now is becoming the responsibility of. I would biasly say the marketing departments to to make sense of and provide then with that effective communication out to either the decision maker makers of the organization or or support teams or salespeople, whatever it might be. You know, the the information that we have access to now is you know the same way that we're getting bombarded with it. We're just getting inundated from a reporting perspective as well. So. The next level, you know, the next phase here is how do you actually make sense of it and then communicate it back to the people that that help you execute whatever it is you need to get done. Right. So I, I look at this next generation is such a unique generation, and they are so intelligent. The hard part is, is you take a traditional manufacturer and you bring someone in who has no manufacturing background. So what's the sure. best image or the best message that you want to promote about manufacturing? As I mentioned earlier in the show, we've had two generations of people not promoting their sons or daughters to go into manufacturing. We've had people because our grandparents, it was a tough it was a tough life to be in manufacturing. It was a bad work conditions, uh pay was, pay was poor, and so our grandparents told our told their kids go to be an accountant, a doctor, an attorney. And then they had kids, and they became doctors and accountants and attorneys. And the fastest area of growth for jobs right now is in manufacturing, but no one knows anything about it. And so this generation, you have to get them some sort of exposure to manufacturing. And and three, printing is kind of driving that a little bit. That's probably the closest thing that people can relate to in manufacturing is 3D printing. And that's just another tool in the toolbox, but at least it starts the conversation. But I look at this next generation, they adapt to change and even drive change better than any other generation in the history of the comp- country outside of the ones that actually came here from other, from other countries. But they are they want the next greatest software game, the way to download music. They want to be able to use their, use their fingerprint to log on to something. They love the excitement of change. And when you take a traditional manufacturer, it is an act of God to move somebody from one software to another <laughs> That's been a toolmaker for 25 years. It just doesn't happen. And so this next generation, they are all fired up to, to, to promote change. Uh, they do get bored quickly, and they're used to instant information. So you have to make sure that you give them a long laundry list of things that need to get done. But what I've learned is you can't really set their hours, but you have to set the results. Where they sign them having out and, and and drinking their overpriced micro brew or, or home brew that they made, and they're sitting late on on crowdfunding and they're eating organic, um, they may want to come in later. And as a traditional manufacturer, that just drives you crazy because you you, you start at seven, or there's people at six, and somebody wanders in at eight thirty, quarter to nine. 
kind of sets the wrong tone, but you have to make sure that they're results-driven. And I see that being the biggest gap between traditional manufacturing and the new method of of marketing to tomorrow's manufacturing is the personnel at the, at the helm. Yes, it has to be very difficult to manage people in the new manufacturing model. That's uh, a discussion we've had uh, on several occasions. First of all, where do you find them? Second, how do you keep them? And then third, how do you manage them? Because it is a different mindset that we're seeing in the in the generation. However, you're right, that same generation is driving all of the social media that we're seeing today. Derek, is there anything else as we push towards the end of our first hour here that uh, you want to share? And I, I certainly encourage you to share what uh, your company does, Co-Marketing Associates, and plug your website and let everyone out there know about your company. Well, well, thank you for that. I mean, as you had mentioned, um, comarketingassociates.com, komarketingassociates.com. Um, pay attention to us on, on Twitter and LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Google+. Plus. Um, we're, we're on all of them, Instagram. Um, if you want to see a different uh, elements of how our organization works. Um, I, I think the, the biggest thing I, you know, people should take away, small to, to medium-sized manufacturers, that there's more to social media execution than just just the direct lead gen efforts. Um, and when you're thinking about how you develop um, and build out a, a plan of action, you want to widen that range of goals um, and outcomes that can possibly come out of it. You know, brand awareness is one piece for certain. Um, customer support, employee recognition. Um, you know, building out your SEO programs. Um, building out your content marketing programs, um, there are is a range beyond just the direct sales effort um, that happened with social media. Um, so you want to kind of think about that as you're looking at different platforms and, and prioritizing where you want to go with it. Um, Danny, how about from your perspective uh, actually doing some of these things in uh, this attack? I know uh, Derek guides his uh, clients uh, into and through the process. You're a company that's actually in the process and doing it. Anything that you want to share with our listeners about uh, how that process is going and how they really get their arms around this beast and keep it moving? Hey, I think the biggest thing is just to admit defeat that you don't know what <laughs> how it works. I think that's the biggest thing is just uh, – Ask the question, so why is it a pound, why isn't it a pound sign? What's a hashtag? What does it mean when it's trending? Ask those simple questions because that really holds you back from the next step. Um, I, I look at um, after admitting defeat, but then embrace it. And embrace it as a long-term strategy because it's not going to go away. And so um, have people that are responsible for that. But one of the biggest fears we had as a company is, well, what if somebody put something bad out there regarding you or the company? And that's a fear that's always out there. And the, at the end of the day, it's going to be out there whether you're on social media or not. If somebody is disgruntled on a Facebook page or a Twitter account or whatever, it's still going to be there. So really the best way is to have enough out there that's honest and true about what your morals and values and your content is. So when there is someone who's disgruntled, it's not a big deal when that when that happens. When you try to rate 
technology or rate um, consumer products, not everybody loves a product or a restaurant or a, a type of uh, application. But there's when you read 50 applications, you know somebody just woke up on the wrong side of the bed compared to the other 49 people who really liked the new phone. And so I think it's going to happen anyways. So to, to drive your business or not drive your business because of fear is a very short-term strategy. I think you have to believe in people, and at the end of the day, um, people are good. And if your intentions are pure, I think social media can really be a positive thing for and for companies to really share their story and their message. Lou, I know that uh, All Metals and Forge Group has been involved with social media for quite some time. Uh, maybe you can share a story or two with our listeners uh, what, how AM and FG is, is doing with its social media stuff. Well, it was about a year ago that I finally admitted that I don't know what the hell it's about and um, I, that I needed to get involved in it because uh, it's not going away. Um, and if anything, uh, it's going to continue to grow. And out, and even going back to the point that was made earlier in the show is that each one of these platforms is for some different model or group of people that there's going to wind up being, um, not to use the word as it's going to sound, but a Google-like uh, organization that's going to be involved in all these different sectors of people, uh, manufacturers, kids, and so on. Um, <clears throat> we have had uh, some very good experiences since um, uh, comments back and forth with customers. We've picked up customers. Uh, we have uh, uh, a good portion of our business today, the manufacturing business, is from new business. And as difficult as it is sometimes to track specifically where they're coming from, I don't care. Let them just keep coming. Uh, of course, I want to enhance what works and get rid of what doesn't work, so that comes uh, over a period of time to determine what's working the best for you. And I think the two gentlemen uh, here today would uh, concur with that. Uh, support me or let me know where I'm thinking wrong. <laughs> uh, Derek, uh, interesting point that Danny brought out, uh, a negative comment of something on uh, on a social media channel. How do you guide your, your clients in that? Yeah, so um that that is it is kind of scary and people think about that for sure when they're when they're starting out and and I and I Lou I hear exactly what you're saying and and think that you're you're definitely onto something there. Um but um you know, what we'll typically do is we do some scenario work with organizations. So outlining kind of if this happens, you know, here's here's the process and here are the steps that are going to be taken. So that can be, you know, that could be like a even a full day, you know, event, but but certainly if not that a deliverable and you know we work with the organizations to to determine okay, someone complains online, here are the steps to evaluate the significance and and what gets done or here's the contact information that we're going to provide and if it's this type of topic, you know, if it's in for instance, the industrial technology space, right? You know, do we send them to this group or do we send them to this set of the organization, so on and so forth? Um, be, you know, just be prepared, really, and and think ahead. 
Um, a lot of these things, fortunately, aren't very – you know, we hear about the horror stories, um, but in most cases, they're, they're really not that significant. Um, they just – but they can escalate very quickly. So being able to – being prepared and, and what you're going to do if those happen are important. I, I do uh, think it involves the entire company, though. Uh, I know oh, yeah. since since we embraced social media, we had to change our handbook to reflect upon policy uh, of employees regarding social media, something you would never think about. But what if somebody gives up a customer that we have an NDA with? What happens if they say something personal about another employee? How do you handle yeah. those? I mean, I would love – I don't have the confidence yet – but I would love to have banners within our walls of our company that say, if you had a great day, tweet it. If you didn't, talk to your manager. You know, I, I, because I can say, I think we have a great company. Well, I'm one of the owners. I've, obviously, I'm very biased. But if we have employees right. that are spewing great positive energy about their workday, that, that speaks volumes compared to what the owner thinks of his or her company. So I want the employees to be engaged, and I want them to know what, what I'm talking about and follow me and know on my business travels that I'm meeting with these people and we're celebrating the, the, the little victories in manufacturing every day. I, I do want to mention before the end, and I know I only have a moment or so uh, before I have to uh, go off to uh, sun myself at the Cape. Um, <laughs> the the um, manufacturing National Manufacturing Day is coming up in October second, uh, third. I, I, I think it's the second third? this year. Second, second this year, uh, which is open. It's, uh, manufacturing companies are open all over the United States and. It's pretty, 50 states, uh, allowing um, uh, change of career people, students, high school students, college students, to go in and visit and see what a real factory, quote unquote, really is today, and that it's not. It's not steel grindings on the floor. I mean, of course, there still are those. Uh, Steel grindings on the floor, oil, dirty hands, and so on, that it's changing, and it's changing radically, and it's changing to the point that um, the average income of a manufacturing person mm-hmm. today working on the floor after working three years in the industry is earning on a national average $70,000 a year. So college is great. I wouldn't deter anybody from going to it, but if it's something that you really don't thrive on, look at manufacturing. There's 600,000 open jobs right now in the United States in manufacturing. And all of us gray hairs, and Tim, who's a modified gray hair, is uh, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're looking for replacements. So, uh, Tim, I know we only have a minute or so. Uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you for being on the show. This is really terrific. And, frankly, I'd like to have you come back in uh, months to come when some of this new this technology evolves and changes. So uh, keep us in mind, and we'll keep you in mind. Thank you. Thanks, Derek, for being our guest. Thank you. And, Danny, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. And I just want to share with everybody that uh, this this show will be on our our podcast so that you can go back and listen to it. We do have another show starting here in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned as we talk about the reauthorization of the Export-Import Bank and what uh, is happening or not happening with that. 
But I certainly encourage everyone who's been listening to uh, share this in your social media about this particular show because there was a lot of great information here. It went by very quickly. About the only way you can really catch it is to go back and review this show again. So we uh, look forward to chatting with you uh, soon. Uh, We'll be back in about 60 seconds after we take a quick break. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you. That kind of wraps up the first hour of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.